Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another amazing, long-begotten episode of Your Heroes of Noise. We are back and in action. I'm one half of this amazing duo. My name is Steve. Long-begotten. I like that, man. I'm just starting it out singing. I try. What's up, everybody? How's everyone doing today? Roll call. Let's see. Uh-oh, we got an empty seat. We're losing listeners, Steve. Okay, listen. Here's the thing, people. No, I'm gonna be real. We're gonna, I'm gonna have a moment of total honesty. I'm just kidding, by the way. But yeah, please. Okay, I gotta be totally honest. We have not been able to do the uh, Heroes of Noise the way we want to. No. But we will. It's in in the next two weeks. It's getting back full force, better than ever. Yep. Even though you know we have done amazing shows, dude. I don't think there's gonna be like our Halloween. Like, when I say better than ever, our Halloween show, G. Holy cow. I can't wait to do that show. I don't even know what we're going to do yet, and I can't wait to do it. Hey, real quick, do you mind if I address someone personally, Steve? Please. It, it's a little close to home is all I'm saying. Okay. Okay, so, you know, on the uh, Heroes of Noise podcast community group, I've been getting a little bit of pressure coming from somebody. I'm not going to say who. Okay, I won't say the name, but it rhymes with Clavon. Oh, really? Yeah, she's getting a little impatient. Listen, Favon, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get these shows out to you. I promise you. Give us two weeks. Everything goes back to normal. Basically, we dedicate all of these shows to you. I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but like before we start, Steve and I actually do this weird little... I mean, it's weird. It's kind of like a weird little ritual thing that we do. Some mm-hmm. people have secret handshakes, you know what I mean? Yes. Steve yeah. and I have like, you know, like when people do uh, at the bar and they go like, ziggy, zaggy, ziggy, zaggy, oi, 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 before they drink or something. Yeah, we do something similar to that. Not going to tell you what it is. It's kind of Mason-like, but just want you to know that uh, we dedicate all of these shows to you. And there may or may not be blood sacrifices involved. Holy you cow, you gotta, you're going to go that far. I didn't know you were going to go that far. I didn't know you were going to tell her all of our rituals. I, I really did Allegedly is all I'm saying. Okay, thank you. It might thank not be you. anything like that. I'm just saying that there may or may not be blood sacrifices involved but we do this for you Favon. yes and the funny thing is yesterday i was in uh, i was in yosemite uh for an event with my brother what you're doing out in nature it was beautiful and it was an important event and it was fun and it was great and my brother put me aside and i was like man it's so good to see you and he says when are we getting another heroes of noise show oh, <laughs> Getting pressure from your family, Steve. I'm getting very uncomfortable. And Dan, can I tell you something? What's up? Please tell me everything. Yosemite is underrated. It's freaking beautiful up there, Dan. And it's weird that we're merely two hours away from it. (laughs) I should be there. Okay, so I was looking at half. We were at Glacier Point where it's a view. You've been. Okay, you've been there. So, and you're looking at Half Dome. You're hanging out in the village, if I'm not mistaken, right? Is the village like with the gift shop and stuff? Yeah, that area. Yeah, and there's a point where you can walk up to this like viewpoint. Right, right. And so I'm looking at Half Dome in this valley, and it is like, I promise people, I know you're going to say whatever. It is as if someone just folded a huge picture behind you, and you're not really looking at something. Like, that's not real back there. Someone put a portrait behind you, and did a like Windows screensaver, and that's what you're looking at. This isn't real. It does not look real. 
Yeah, dude, it's beautiful over there. And it's just so weird. I think that we take that, particularly Fresnans, I think, I shouldn't say all of them, of course, but people like you and myself, we take that stuff for granted because we're just, we're so close to it, right? And we don't even realize the beauty that's up there until we get up there and go, oh, we get floored by it. You know, (laughs) every time I go, I'm just like, oh my God, why am I not here every day? Oh, it's two hours away. Right. But you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, um, sometimes I'm speechless when I go and I look like, I know the view that you're talking about. And sometimes I'm just like, wow, this is nuts. Why are we near this? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I'm even having trouble putting it into words, but it's just like when you see it and you look at half dome, it's just crazy. I mean, that is one of the world's most famous national parks, and we're right there, and we don't even appreciate it most of the time. Oh, no. I'm going to go way – then this is – the thing is, okay, so I went. We were driving. I took Melissa and Maja, and um, we went. We were driving up there, and we finally get to the entrance, and uh, I was like, hey, man, we're going in there for this event. And the guy's just like, oh, great. Seen a lot of people come in here for that. It's going to be awesome. You're going to be. I was like, like it's hey, that glacier calm point. Calm down, buddy. All right. <laughs> I'm just getting to the gate. He was so genuinely <laughs> hey, happy. Hey, welcome. I can't believe you're here. You're going to have so much fun. And I was like, cool. I said, I'm going to Glacier Point. He said, let me tell you a story about Glacier Point. Uh, John Muir took Roosevelt to Glacier Point to make this a national park. And he said, Roosevelt cried. And me, I was like, just easy. <laughs> easy on the come on. As white powder drops from his left nostril. Seriously, I was like <laughs> crying. He's like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to make a left. You're going to make a right. You're going to go up this thing. And then just come to a point that's going to bring tears to your eyes and you'll be there. And this whole time I'm like, oh, you've practiced this. And so we go. I get to Glacier Point, And I'm like, oh, my God. You start crying. He was right. Oh, my God. He was right. And we only went there, mind you, and just drove through a little bit to get there. It's funny because I was asking Maj. I said, um, is this the most beautiful place you've ever been? He's like, this and the Japanese garden. I said, I've never even been to the Japanese garden. He said, go to the winter. A lot of the flowers that you're going to like are going to be in bloom. I said, am I the only one that's not a nature person? Am hmm. I the only one that's been sleeping on all this beauty? And, uh, I mean, we were just so stunned and talking to my family. They're like, yeah, that's why we ask you to come with us, but you just always have other things happening. And I was like, I could go up here by myself. And uh, Michael and I are going to um, be doing Half Dome soon. Oh, no. Be careful, dude. Please. People I know. That's what everybody off. says. <laughs> People are always I falling know. off that thing. And this is going to make. But you know what? If I do fall off and die, it's going to make this podcast even crazier. Talking about this right now. No, because then the podcast will always start off. And I'm Dan. There'll be nobody there. It'll be pathetic. Don't die, please. Well, I mean, I'm going to try not to, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to definitely. And we're, 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 um, I know he's getting his shoes. I'm getting some hiking shoes. I'm, I think I'm ready. The people that I know that have done it, I'm readier than they are. <laughs> That's for sure. I know people I mean, that have done it. Matter of fact, there was a guy that I used to work with. He went up there one time and he, I'll never forget this. I, ha- I can't even picture it because I haven't done it yet. And quite honestly, I would like to at some point. But he said there was a guy that was doing that. Because I guess they have cables that you hold on to and you just you sure sort of do. hold on the entire time, mm-hmm. right? My man was doing yeah. it in flip-flops. Oh, fuck God. that. <laughs> no. no, G. Yeah, he must have some like gecko toes or something that can just oh, grab yes. onto rock. They probably fold over the flip-flop and just like... <laughs> Stick to the rock, dude. That's craziness to me. And I'm not even afraid of heights. 
Now, the only thing that would stop you from doing it is your back, right? And we got to keep bringing up all my health problems on the show. I don't <laughs> you, you said your back. You said it. I haven't mentioned my back. I know, but you today. talked about it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I could do it. I know I could. You totally could. Here's the deal. Like I just said, I'm not afraid of heights. Terrified of falling. Is that weird? Yeah. Are those two different things? I think so. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are different. That one of some some people have a phobia of heights. Yeah, like regardless it's not, of falling. I can look down. Like when I went to the Empire State Building, I looked down. wasn't a problem. I didn't get dizzy. Didn't get vertigo. Nothing like that. But it's like the free fall. The thing at uh, Magic Mountain, they have this free fall drop. So yes, like Lex Luthor's awesome. Lex Luthor's uh, free fall drop. I forget what it's called. Terrifies me. I hate it. Going to like Santa Cruz, they have the same thing at a smaller scale. Hate it. I don't like falling. So that's going to be a big hindrance for me if I try to do this. Yeah, also because you'll be thinking about it the higher you get. Yeah, Michael, why didn't you invite me? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, You know, the funny, I said, I'm the one that initiated the, I was looking at Half Dome and uh, Melissa was like, you good? I was like, I'm going to climb that joint. And she's like, and Michael's like, hey, let's do it. And then other people were like, yeah, we're not doing that. (laughs) Like it's not gonna happen. What's the one on free solo? Was it uh, Half Dome or was it El Capitan? El Cap. Why don't yeah. you just do that? Bypass Half Dome and then just go straight to El Cap. I would be so safe climbing El Cap because the furthest I'd fall is as high as I could climb, which is like five feet. I would be the safest climbing that thing in the world because there's I could not get five feet off the ground. No way. <laughs> Looking at that movie, I said no freaking way. You've got all this upper body strength, though, dude. I think you could do it. But I have a lot. My um, lower body is thick. Yeah. I have to pull up a lot of weight. That's what I heard. Oh, here we go. But, dude, <laughs> would you come? Yeah, I think I would. Okay. I need. Right. So, okay, put it this way. I need someone to do this with me that's not Gail. And it's not because I don't want Gail with me. But I'm not going to uh, roll the dice with two people versus one. We're parents. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like That's skydiving. Totally I wouldn't go yeah. skydiving with her because why? You, you know what I'm saying? Apparently, I think very morbidly. Maybe that's bad. No, it's good. It's I mean, for me, I because all the the Joshi and Maj wanted to go. And uh, for in my brain, I'm like, I think we should go first so that we could like, oh, we know what's coming before I bring other people because I want to be comfy with it first and be like, okay, because I know it's about an eight hour, six or eight hour situation. Is it harder going down than it is going up? Easier going down. I guess because you have two to three hours because you have gravity working for it. But is it steep? You know what I mean? Like, are you really? Uh So if you're holding on to those cables going up and gravity's working against you, now you have gravity while still working against you. But you know what I'm saying? Like I'm picturing a very steep slope. And you're just sort of holding on to the cables as your legs come out from underneath you because it's so steep. Does that make sense? It's not. Yeah, but it's not that because uh, we were looking and there were 12 people on top. Here's the thing. There are 12 people on top and some of them were doing that. Let's look over the edge thing. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you do that. Go ahead. Have fun. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get to the top and be like, this is sufficient for me. Well, and then just time to go down. (laughs) Time to go down. And I might eat some like trail mix up there or something. And then just <laughs> go right, just to say, because I want to be able to say, we did it. We'd probably stay at the uh, lodge for the day. You got to take um, a picture. Oh, don't, no question, bro. No question. And uh, But yeah, it's happening. It's definitely happening. Because I'm like, if that dude could do El Cap, why haven't I hiked? And then a friend at work, one of the audiologists, he's like, hey, 
I can give you all the places to hike because he's been to like Yellowstone and he has a million places in Yosemite. He's like, I can give you from beginners to holy crap, what are you doing? I don't know if I mentioned this on the show before, but I used to work with a doctor or I should say I worked in the proximity of a doctor. We were uh, we'd say hello. You know, what I mean, we'd work together from time to time. And uh, he actually did Mount Everest. Good Lord, man. Dude. He's one of those Tiva-wearing motherfuckers, though. You know what I'm talking about? Holy crap. Yeah, he's that guy that's like on Sunday, hey, where are we going today? With his fleece jacket on, his baseball cap, Tevas, and some long-ass toes. You know you know the guy I'm talking about. Oh, for sure. Probably like 6'2", probably owns a yacht. You know, that guy. Ooh, that's a that's a up that's like one of them. Come on, oh please. Yeah, it probably is a little bit, but yeah, he was a cool ass dude. But he did that shit, man, and he brought back That's, some pictures. You know, but it was just him in the snow. It's okay, great. You're you're on Everest. I, I didn't really get like the full view of the pictures and everything like that. But I do remember him saying, and this is common knowledge, of course, that he did in fact see people that he had to like. Oh, there's a dead guy. There's a dead guy. There's a dead guy <laughs> from yeah. all the people that didn't make it because they don't bring him down. They do not bring that. And I know the last person I, this is going to sound so ridiculous, uh, but it's because of the Adventist school. Every, I went everywhere. The last person I talked to that climbed Everest was missing like a nose and some fingers. Yeah. But he gave a, he gave a talk to us. No, thank you. I don't need and that kind like, of a challenge. I mean, I get it. If that's your personal goal and it's something that you've always been intrigued to do, almost to the point of obsession, and you got to get it out of your system, go for it. But when you're losing fingers and noses and for the sake of just climbing a rock, nah, son, I'll be down here. Do I, I probably sound very bitter, but it's just no, not my you, thing. You, you sound very conscious of mortality. Yeah, that's probably what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> and for me, I think at this, if I'm ever going to do these things, right, it's going to be now because I have the wherewithal to do them. Like so, one day I won't. Right. The clock is ticking. It is, dude. And so I'm just like, let me just do this. So I'm not 70 years old being like, daggone it. I want to go hike this place. No, I want to get this all out the way, get it done, have fun, make sure there ain't no bears up in this piece and just, you know, have a good time. Yeah. I have never had this happen to where, you know, like I before on the show, I've talked about having back spasms, right? Mm-hmm. And they just sort of come from out of the blue. Like there's no, it's just I stand up and ouch or they'll just, I'll be standing there and it'll just happen, right? A big fear of mine would be climbing that damn rock and then the back goes out. But it's never happened before. Like, I've never been anywhere, and then the back... It's always been at home, is what I'm saying. But, God, would that suck? Oh, oh my gosh. I would feel so bad, like, the helicopter coming in. And for you, and everybody's like, oh, look at homie. It's on the news. Oh, man. People be like, there's Dan. Sorry, ass. I knew we couldn't do it. Oh, man. And we'll be like, hey, we're going to talk to you when we get back down. Right. Hey, man, so... We're kind of missing the point. You were actually there for a reason. Yeah, it was a special event, and we went up there. I didn't have to pay to get in. So, Dan, like, seriously, we all need to go to Yosemite. No, like, seriously. Even just to hang out for the day. Yes, dude. Little picnic basket, you know? You get your basket full of vegetables, and I'll bring my meats. And uh, Here's your meats. (laughs) (laughs) Why wouldn't you just do, like, veggies and fruit? Who does that? You don't bring meat. To, do you put meat in like a, a picnic thing? Does it get old? You have a cooler, dude. That's right. You would have a cooler. Yeah. Who doesn't have you coolers? Have one. I don't. I'm not surprised one bit about that. Oh, but you know what I did do? What'd you do? I used an electric grill this weekend. A powerful one. 
Felt very manly, dude. Nice. What are you drilling? Uh, I was fixing my door, and apparently the drill is so powerful that it cracked my door. But <laughs> I used it. It was freaking dope. I was like, oh, this is dope. It was like, I was like, oh, but I've learned something. <laughs> this was a valuable lesson. Now there's duct tape on my door. You went in hard. Dude, that's what she said. Oh, come on, G. G, did you purposely do that? No, no. I was just, what I was getting at is, <laughs> you were, <laughs> sorry, Steve, what it was is when you were drilling, you were pressing, you were giving too much force to the drill, right? And yes. that's what cracked it. And when it gave you some resistance, you did not stop. No, but I thought it would automatically stop. Yeah. No, not the case. Wrong. No. Wrong. I did that with a torque wrench one time. Busted off a oh. nut on the, uh, busted off a nut. <laughs> you try, dude, seriously, you, you. Now, what's the difference between a, can you please, what's the difference between a torque wrench and a wrench? Oh, you're asking the wrong cat. I just know that it called oh, okay. for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said it was such one. Fucker, you just, like, you just oh, blew the I facade. <laughs> I was feeling very manly because I got past the first part. You're like, oh, really? And then you had to go and wrong. get all inquisitive. Blew my cover. Well, yeah, I'm trying to like bit like I'm I'm mounting uh, Melissa's uh, TV. I'm gonna put it on her wall, and I've been talking to one of the engineers, and he's trying to walk me through it and all this stuff. He's you like, need an I engineer for it, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, he was because he's really good because I'm mounting it on brick, and so he knows all the masonry and stuff. He's like, I can just come over and do it. He's like, look, you got yourself a hammer drill because you're gonna need a hammer drill. You gotta pound through that brick. Gee. He's, but he's like, I, I'll just bring you everything you need or I can do it. And I said, come on. He's like, that's real. That's real. That's real. You do it. But I will walk you through it. He's like, cause mounting a TV on brick is different from mounting a TV. You're a better man wall. than me. I'd be like, yeah, go for it, dude. It's cool. No, man. We're I'm all good at something. <laughs> this is not what I'm good at. No. He tried to be like, I'll come over and put up your um, shade cells for you. I'm like, I'm going to do it. He's like, I put up those posts in your house six years ago. He's like, I put those in cement for you, thinking it was going to happen like a week later. It's been six years. Let me just put up the shade cells. Mm. Like, no, I got it. He's like, okay. Okay, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) This dude. All right. But I'm going to start doing stuff like that. Like you do stuff. Like you do that manly egg stuff. What, barbecue? Will you stop it? The the egg, it is a difficult contraption. This is just barbecuing, bro. I'm going to have to put your ass on this thing for a bit so you can understand. Like, it's there's nothing to it, bro. Like barbecuing. It's not true. We There's even an episode of a show we watched that was showing how difficult using an egg really is. And you just know how to use it. You believe everything you see on TV? I do. Especially uh, with the egg because I already, it just, it literally just co-signed what I already thought. When I looked at that thing, I said, wow. I don't know. I think that there is a different type of a learning curve when you have barbecue compared to masonry. Masonry is much more manlier. Not that it has to be. Ladies and gentlemen, calm the fuck down. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, once I when I mount that thing in brick and it doesn't fall for two weeks, I'm happy because if it falls after two weeks, I can just blame it on the brick. It was the brick's fault. It was just bad brick. Bad brick? We got a hold of some old brick. Yeah, what are you going to do? But I am going, I'm doing these things. Like I put together a table last night for her and I'm trying to do these things, you know, because I just... Everyone I've gone to, I'm like, so who's going to do your door for you? They're like, um, me? I'm like, you're going to put up your security gate? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. People do way more stuff than I do. Like, you could probably put up your own gate. Kind of gate. On your door. 
like oh, on like the door. Secu- the I've done security that. Gate? Yeah. I've done that. See, with help, I haven't, and it had nothing to do with like I needed the help. I needed the tools. So my buddy Come Wes on. came over and helped me out. Come on, Dan. What? Look I'm not you. taking away from look it. It was you. dope. It was cool. I was like, look at me. I'm drilling shit. Yes, dude. I have secured my home. And that's a thing I need to start. That's all. That's a, So after Yosemite and all these things, I'm just like, you know, I'm going to start doing more things. I'm going to start doing more things and actually get out of my little comfort zone, which is why I'm very hesitant to just, even when you ask me something, I'm just like, you know, we'll see. Maybe I will do that. Yeah. And I'm lazy. I'm not asking you to do shit. You're just going from lazy to hard stuff right away. You're like, mm, Hollywood Horror Nights, that sounds harder than climbing Half Dome. I will climb Half Dome, and I don't think I'll be as scared as the first time I went to Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> I won't be. As a matter of fact, I guarantee I won't be. Half Dome is going to be a cakewalk compared to the fear I feel. at. There are certain houses when it's dark and you don't know what's going to initiate. I don't feel that anywhere else in life. That is a feeling I never have in life, that fear. No, I don't have it. Interesting. Yeah, just for me being who I am, even if I'm walking in whatever part of town, just from the fact of being who I am and looking the way I look, I never feel that. But at Halloween Horror Nights, it doesn't matter what you look like. You are in fear, even though you know it's fake. You are in visceral fear. Love it. Love it. And Half Dome is not going to bring that. I'm not getting the same experience you are. I'm having a blast, but I'm really not scared when I go. I don't like the start, like the startling thing is one thing. Yes. So it does raise the anxiety a little bit. Yeah. But I I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. The anxiety. When when are you that anxious? Oh, dude, it's me. Oh, (laughs) you know me. (laughs) I'm always anxious. Yes, it's true. Oh, I got a question to ask you. Yeah. You've been in a relationship for about 59 years. Mm hmm. Um, when does this stop happening? Out of curiosity, <laughs> say say you want to go to a movie. Yeah. And your girl is like, hey, where are you going? I'm, I'm going to a movie. Oh. And you feel bad about not taking her. I'll let you know when that happens. Recently, I said um, for Melissa, I was like, hey, I'm going to go to a movie. And she's like, oh. Even if it's a movie I don't think she wants to see, she wants to go. And I just, I feel bad about not going with her, even though I think, oh, she's not going to like this movie you just need to be like look god damn it i'm a grown-ass man sometimes i need a little bit of privacy so you just need to sit there you know what i don't know go do so i don't know just, you know do something but i need to handle my shit i will try that this week and say dan said to do this <laughs> yeah don't do that don't do that. i'm just kidding melissa <laughs> i don't like this dan guy i don't know i think it's masterfully done right mm-hmm because she doesn't really, Gail, this is who I'm talking about. She doesn't really give me a guilt trip if I go to the movies by myself. A lot of times she'd be like, get out of here. You're bugging me. Go to the yeah. Totally. But there are times, okay, for instance, I have the unlimited uh, Regal Pass, right? Yes. And I haven't been going. And there's chances where I can go. I'm feeling guilty. She doesn't have a pass yet. We're going to get her one. But she just didn't want one at the time. So because I didn't say, oh, I'm just going to get you one anyway, you know, I just got myself one for the purposes of this show. And now I feel guilty. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Hustlers? I haven't seen Hustlers yet. Steve, I haven't seen Hustlers yet. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Right. That's crazy. That's what I'm talking about. And then, of course, Rambo's out today. That's right. You know what? I'll probably go and check out Rambo. I don't think she's going to be into that at all. She doesn't do anything. It's in my brain I feel bad. Oh, then that's just a guilt thing. That's not going to stop. 
Okay, just wondering. I just wanted to make sure because I was like, am I am I losing my mind and doing this to myself? It just depends, man. You've been doing a lot of stuff by yourself, right? For like a long time. Forever. So you're just getting used to all that. But see, we've been doing everything together. And now when I go and go, "Ah, I want to go to the movies, I start feeling guilty. I tried it for a few times when I first got the pass because I just got the pass, right? You got to use it. And now I'm feeling guilty. So you know what I'm going to do? The moment we're done recording, I'm just going to get her a fucking pass. That way I'm guilt free. There we go. Go if you want to. Can you get me one too? Okay, cool. Shoot, Done. since you're out there, since y'all got money, you know we'll what I'm saying? Since you got mad, money. stupid money. Now, I got, can we stop with the bullcrap? We're done with the bullcrap. We're going to talk about what people wanted to hear on this episode. No okay, mas bullcrap. What do they want to no hear? No mas. You went somewhere. I did. I'm done talking about the bullcrap. Okay, I'm going to tell you where I went, but I got to ask you <laughs> yes. questions. You going to be nice? Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you going to be nice? <laughs> See, listen, you got to, uh-huh, set me up to <laughs> knock me down. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> you gonna be nice, Steve? That's all I wanna know. I will be nice unless you set me up. Well, I mean, I have to address something that we talked about. Yeah, okay. And I'm gonna be nice all the way through it. I'm done. My thing is when I talk to you after or text you or whatever after that, yeah. you were on a high, bro. So please tell the listeners. All right, all right. So guys, Woo! we didn't have a show last week, right? My fault. I admitted that. I went to go see Iron Maiden last Saturday, and it was so much fun. It's one of my favorite things to do ever. I go to a lot of concerts, not as many as I used to, but I, I go to a lot of them. And there's something for me, for and, and apparently 22,000 other people, because the place was sold out, that get this release by seeing Iron Maiden. These are songs that we've been singing forever. And this band still sounds amazing. That's the crazy thing about it. I mean, they sound, they're 60-year-old men just ripping the stage up. Lots of eye candy, lots to look at, lots of flames, explosions, all that shit that you would want to go to a good rock concert for. All of that's there. But it's my boys, Iron Maiden. And when you go to these things, there's a community going on. You know what I mean? It's like, like I told you before, everyone has the shirt. Everyone has something in common to talk about. And you just meet you meet like really nice people. It's a fun time. So I went with a couple of friends from high school, man. I don't see these people a lot. I think the last time that we got together, the three of us was close to a year ago. So it's really nice to go and hang out and act a fool with these people. I behaved myself, Steve. I didn't uh, do anything crazy. But uh, going to this bank, it's called the Bank of California. B-A-N-C. Bank of California. Bank. Yes, sir. It's where the LAFC play. The Los Angeles oh. Football Club, I believe, is what it is. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it's right next to where they did the Olympics, the, the uh, Los Angeles Olympics, the yes. USC. And that place is freaking huge. Uh, this place, like I said, 22,000 people, man. It's a state-of-the-art stadium from, I mean, everything, from the way that you scan your tickets when you walk in to the way that they rush through all of the traffic for concessions and things like that to the big screens that they use so the people in the back can see. There's uh, even, like... You know what I you know what I'm saying when I say the pit, like the general admission area? I do. So even there, they have these, they put up these extra because it's all grass, right? So they lay down these metal things so that way you're not jacking up the grass, right? And they put these special walls up so people that are starting to feel a little weary or they just need a break or whatever, they, you can just go and sit down. Oh, cool. It's like one of the nicest places that I've been to for a concert. Sounded okay. amazing, but I don't know how many concerts they do there. There was a little bit of a, like an echo in the back, but just insane. Man. I had a great time. They played all the hits. I would, ex- I would talk these hits to you, of course, but you don't know the songs. But I mean, I put a few pictures up, but I, I made it a point to do something. I had this realization while I was there, right? 
So I brought all my recording equipment, <laughs> big ass bag. They probably thought, what does this dude bring? And we're just going out of town for the day. But I had my clothing for the night. And then, of course, I had, uh, oh, we went up the night before. So I had two, two nights worth of clothing. And then I had a full backpack full of my digital recorder, bunch of cables, microphones, all that shit. And like I told you, I was planning on doing like a parking lot podcast where we just sit around and talk about what made means to us, try to make something out of it. And then I got there and I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't see these people a lot. So why do I want to spend all this time trying to capture a moment? Much like what we were talking about the other day, how as podcasters, we feel like we have to capture every moment and put it to bring it to the show. I figured, yes. I figured I would just talk about it today. So I left everything in the hotel room and just had a good time. I didn't take a lot of pictures because I wanted to enjoy the first person perspective. Yes. And totally. that's something that I think is really important these days. ladies Very and gentlemen. Much. I think Very that much. when you go to concerts, I get it. Everyone wants to be in their phone. Everyone wants a selfie. You want to put up your stupid picture on Instagram or whatever like that. But you're missing out on so much by looking at your phone. I know I'm not saying anything profound, but it's true. Try it sometime. Put the goddamn phone down. You don't have to film a video on Facebook. Think about it. You're going to film, let's say they're playing your favorite song, right? Which I did put a little bit up, so I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. But I wanted to give the people on our page a little idea of what Iron Maiden's about, which is 100% why I did that. Actually, it was the first song, and then I cut it off and I was done. But let's say you're taking video of your favorite song that they play, right? How many times are you really going to watch that? So therefore, you've missed out on the first person experience and you're for what? So you can post something on Facebook or Twitter or something like that. Exactly. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I, I had this big realization like I don't need that. I would much rather have like we only have so many days on this earth. Right. And technically, one of us could just walk outside and get hit by a bus at any given time. So I would rather spend totally. that time with fr- old friends you know, catching up than to be looking at my phone. So a long speech to say that I didn't really take any video or spend too much time with that. But Steve, to answer your question, I had a great, great time. There were two opening acts, one of which I didn't see. Uh, One of them is called the Raven Age, which is the bass player's son's band, Steve Harris's son's band. And then there was a band called Fozzie. Are you familiar with a guy named Chris Jericho? Yes. Okay. So it's Chris Jericho's band. Apparently he's he's a singer of sorts. Uh, not my thing. I know a lot of people dig them, but it wasn't my type of rock and roll. They they were kind of like a fun band to watch, but it just wasn't my type of rock and roll. I didn't enjoy it. That was the I'm going to go get a beer band. But they did do a cool version of ACDC's Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap for you rocking people out there, which was kind of cool. But yeah, I didn't really enjoy Fozzie very much at all. I went there for Iron Maiden, man. I ended up getting two tour shirts. <laughs> so stupid. I that have, is awesome, I dude. Have, dude, no, it's not. I have like 19 Iron Maiden shirts at this point. It's crazy. That's fine. I mean, it's your, that is your, is that your favorite group in the world? I think when it's all said and done, probably, but it doesn't mean that I'm just listening to nothing but Iron Maiden exclusively. There's times where I don't listen to them for a very long time and I enjoy other stuff, but I'd have to say, I think that's the band that I go to and, and I just have the most fun. And, and it has to do with the company I keep. Like my friend, Matt, I always go to Iron Maiden shows with him. He didn't turn me on to Iron Maiden, but he made me appreciate them a lot more. So I've just been going to shows. We've met them together, all kinds of stuff. And uh, so when I go with him, I have a really, really good time. Wait, you've met Iron Maiden? Yeah. You didn't tell this story. I think I've mentioned it before. I can't remember the year. This was, gosh, this was probably 10 years ago. I still have the backstage pass somewhere. But yeah, it was very quick. It wasn't like... I met Iron Maiden and then we went golfing, you know, <laughs> wasn't anything like that. It was, I went, it was, um, we went backstage at the Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View, California. It's a great freaking venue. 
we went uh, backstage and we're hanging out and everyone came out. We got to shake their hands, but it's like really quick. Like, hi, how you doing? Hi, how you doing? Hi, hi. It's so I'm yes, I met Iron Maiden, but I didn't like get to know Iron Maiden, but it was pretty cool. Got to take a couple pictures. I still had hair. It's kind of dope. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Can we back up a little bit? Sure. So you're in the backstage. You like you show the pass to the security guard. I imagine this is how it goes. Yes. You show the pass to the security guard. You go back. Right. In the distance, do you see the hair of Iron Maiden? You're like, oh my gosh, that's them. Because there's a line, I imagine. Yeah. My buddy lost his shit. <laughs> you know, you mentioned like a favorite band. I was cool. I'm like, hey, how you doing? I didn't have a lot to say. I didn't say, you guys have inspired me or, you know, whatever. I just, how you doing? Nice to meet you. It's a pleasure to be here. Whatever I said. <laughs> but my friend Matt lost his shit. Like, I've never seen the man do this. I've known this guy for over 25 years. Never seen him do this before. That's Tears good. running down his face. Let me, oh, let me that's explain. adorable, let me dude. Explain, okay. Yeah. I'll give you the short version so I don't make him look like a goof. That's not a goof. Loving your favorite artist is, there's nothing goofy about that. You're right. But my, nothing. But my, my homie is a goof. I love him to death. Oh, he's okay. a big old goof. <laughs> But he's, he's a really smart guy. He uh, is a teacher, and he's very into history, right? So Iron Maiden, awesome. they're all into history, too. So a lot of their songs are based on historic events, okay, or or literature or something like that. They write these So a lot things. of, like, we didn't start the fire sort of songs. No, nothing like that at all, Steve. But- <laughs> Berlin, 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 Berlin. No, no, <laughs> like that. Okay, I had it wrong in my head. But, I mean, uh, have you ever heard of the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner? No. Okay, well, it's this huge poem, if you will. Uh, They have a song about that, and the song's as huge as the poem. It's like a, Jesus, I don't know, it's like a 15-minute song or something. (laughs) Like, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah, Tool's like, fuck you, all of our songs are like that. But Iron Maiden did this one song like that. But they have other songs, too. Um, Like, one album is called Power Slave, and it's all based on, like, Egyptian times. You know, and oh, cool. So they just have these. Histories. So the mummy, the mummy is probably the cover for that one. Uh, it's not a cover, but yes, it's from that album. Okay. Yes. Okay. From that tour, actually, the world slavery. That's actually tour. smart. That's really smart to do that. Yeah. But they, I mean, they're very, I'm not going to like go into this big Iron Maiden thing, but they are very into history. So a lot of their songs have to do with that. You know, William Wallace, okay. Braveheart. Yes. They have a song called The Klansman and it's like, uh, they, they talk about, well, not that kind of Klansman. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do the Klansman, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be like, Dan, I am. I why did you bring me here? Klansman's more like freedom, like William Wallace Braveheart. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. But anyway, okay. they, so you get my point. They just have they. Yes. A lot of their songs are based on history. So getting back to the night that we met them, my buddy uh, is a teacher, and he's told me this story a million times. He says that Iron since he's listened to Iron Maiden since he was a kid, Iron Maiden got him into history. So he okay. became a teacher. Okay, he said oh, this wow. as long as I've known him, and he means it 100%. Like, this dude's such a big fan. They have this book that was written by, uh, they have an Iron Maiden fan club, right? And they ha- and it's this huge worldwide community. And yes. one of the fan club people made a book, and I can't remember the name of the book. I wish I knew it right offhand, but it's, I think he published, uh, okay, so they have the song Number of the Beast, right? And they're famous yes. for it. A lot of people always think, oh, they're satanic. They're not satanic at all. But they, uh, so 666 pops up a lot because of that song, right? So this dude did 666 books for fans and he sold them out. Oh, and my buddy is like one of the top fans in this book. It's crazy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's in there. He's very, it's kind of weird. He's sort of, uh, 
He's kind of Iron Maiden famous. It's weird. Like a lot of people know him. When I go to concerts with Matt and they're Iron Maiden concerts, people come from all over. I met a guy that came from um, Scotland, I believe, this week, last week. Uh, what else? There was this, uh, this Russian lady that I met. They come from all over is what I'm getting at. One dude was there from, and it's not out of the country, of course, but one guy flew in from New York just for the purposes of going to see this show. People come to these shows. They, it's much like how deadheads were. They will follow. I don't know where the hell these people get this kind of money. It's crazy. They're just a bunch of rich people. But they follow the band, and it's not cheap to do so, especially when you're, they're doing like three shows in your area. Each ticket's like, dude, I spent like 120 bucks for my ticket. It's crazy. It's not terrible. That's pretty terrible. Yeah, I don't like spending that kind of money. I'll do it for them. There's not a lot of other bands. I don't know if there's any bands that I would do that for. But when I spend $120 for Iron Maiden, I know that I'm getting not only the concert, but I'm getting the experience. And I'm totally. meeting all these people. So like I said, when I go with my friend Matt, he's kind of famous. And I just meet famous. Is, you know what I'm saying. Like a lot of people know him is what I'm getting. He's not famous. But you, uh, I just meet so many people, man. And it's, it's just really a lot of fun. It's a really good time. Now. No, so hold on, hold on. Well, I, I keep, I yes, keep drifting. I'm sorry. You. I'm trying yes. to tell you. So we're backstage, right? Sorry, okay. guys. I know I'm babbling. I apologize. So we're backstage, and he just loses his shit. I go and I shake their hands and everything, and I come out okay, right? I'm like, oh, that was cool. I just met Iron Maiden. Matt breaks down crying in front of these guys, and he's, like, and he's referring to them as Mister. Like, there's a uh, there's Adrian Smith, right? There's uh, Dave Murray. So he's like, Mister Smith, Mister Murray, and he tells this story, so I don't feel bad about telling it. He's just like, you know, I, the whole reason that I became a teacher is because of you guys and blah, blah, blah. And I remember. That is dope, and he dude. went up to Adrian Smith. And he's like, the whole reason I became a, a teacher is because of Iron Maiden. And I remember he just like paused and he was like, really? Right on. Cool. That is dope, dude. Yeah. Did they kind of feel flattered? Like, oh, come here. Dude, they're having this kind of transaction with people nightly. Every day. They're like, yeah. okay. On two year long tours. That's so, true. You know, everyone freaks out. Like every five people lose their crap. Right. And I'm just appreciative that they're being gracious and allowing their fans to meet them. You know, I didn't have to pay for it. I don't know how he got those because he used to get a lot of like cool promo shit and backstage passes and stuff like that, but didn't have to pay for that. But to put it in perspective, this is why Iron Maiden's cooler than a lot of bands. So like, for instance, there's tickets that are going on sale today. It's the Green Day Tour, right? They're going to be touring next year. Oh, okay. And I thought you'd appreciate the name of the tour, Steve. It's called the Hella Mega Tour. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. You know what's funny? Speaking of Hella, I heard that word so much this weekend. It's crazy. <laughs> Imagine that. And I heard a black guy say it. What do you think about that? I mean, he's been around too many Iron Maiden fans. No, dude. I think it's a California thing. Oh, so speaking of, we were talking about that. I think you're right. I think that the ratio's way off. But I did see, I made sure to count, which is fucked up when you think about it. But I, I wanted to bring, I wanted to report back to you is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I counted four black people at the concert. Out of 22,000 people. Now, not to say that there weren't more, but I counted for. I would love for someone to actually do a documentary. I bet you a lot of people would watch it. Be like, what happened? Because we're a part of every other, like, musical genre. Every other, except we don't really get into that. Like, we even have a, I mean, with the homeboy, Darius Rucker went into country and got famous. That was that easy. I mean, it's not easy. He has horror stories about being in the country music industry, but he did do it. Yeah. I don't know. It could, they, could a black person become a, well, first, we're not going to talk about the, I'm still on Iron Maiden. So your friend, super an Iron Maiden. I, I, what, what struck me about your friend losing his crap is if he sat down and talked to me 
and wax poetic about Iron Maiden like you do. I think that I would, because I appreciate Iron Maiden not for their music. Like, I appreciate them in a different form. You like the longevity and the album covers and stuff like that, right? They're a dream. They're like, if anyone's just like, hey, I'm not into Iron Maiden and they're a musician, I'd say you better read a book on them. If you're a young musician, just see what they did because that's what you want to do. I mean, I, when you're able to have a t-shirt that does not say your name and people know what you are, they're winning. They don't have to release an album. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go for it. Would you read a book on Iron Maiden? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because my thing is, I'd watch a documentary on Iron Maiden. I've watched a documentary on, on people I don't like their music, but I love to see a story of how someone got from nothing to something, and you lose members, you gain members, you do this, you do that, and you kept going. I mean, who else would want to, I mean, what more do you want? Who's that one? I forgot the name of the group. There's a documentary on this group. Mm-hmm. The guy like has he's losing his hair now, and he has short hair. I forgot that. Anyway, it was a rock group, and they do like festivals now. And I watch that only because I'm like, I want to see how they did what they did. Oh, I want to know what you're talking about. There's so many of them, but that's cool. Yeah, I know. There's a guy. It's he's a skinny dude, shorter hair, but on the top it's balding. But he still keeps his <laughs> his weird long hair. But uh, yeah, it's it's a very good documentary. And um, I'll watch all those documentaries. So if there's an Iron Maiden doc that you know, send it to me. I'll shoot something to you. But I didn't even know they had one. Well, they have, uh, it's it's like a tour doc. It's not necessarily a full-on doc about the how they came to be and all the different, you know, the, the three different singers that they've had and all that stuff. There might be something out there. Let me look around. I don't recall ever seeing a true documentary on them. Yeah, that's a missed opportunity because... That, I mean, who else has marketed marketed himself as far as hard rock better than them? They have a name for their mascot, G. Yeah. No, you have you have a point. <laughs> That's insane. Totally but you're saying like waxing about Iron Maiden. I'm not, I'm not even scratching the surface. You just asked about the weekend. But that was one of the things I was thinking is let me talk to my friend. I would love to do a, a podcast with him where we just sit down and completely break down Iron Maiden. Because oh, this that dude is the dude amazing. to talk to about that kind of stuff. And I thought maybe that was going to be the opportunity to do it. But it just really wasn't. So. I think it should be a special app where it doesn't have to be released anytime. But I think y'all should go for some like hours or maybe do a part one, part two, part three. Because from what I've seen... Even from just looking at the t-shirts I was looking for, I said, oh, my God. It's like, it's way too many things. You couldn't do that in a podcast. There's too much, like how they started. First album, were they popular in the beginning? Did they blast off? Did it take a while? Did they lose members? That's a how many podcasts, dude. We did two on Duran Duran, and they weren't around half as long. And did as much stuff as Iron Maiden And quite honestly, dude, he, he schools me every time. He's so into it. Like, I'm a fan, you know what I mean? But he is like a super fan. And so really? I would, it would be like him talking most of the time. I mean, that guy can rattle off. He is a, uh, he's a computer, dude, when it comes to Iron Maiden knowledge. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, I'm telling I, you, he's in I, the I, fan book. Like, he's, he's like, and I believe he was on, uh, matter of fact, they gave him the last book. That's how, like, you know, again, you know, 666 is like a, uh, I want to call it a running gag, but it is something that they bring up a lot. Like, for instance, the uh, documentary that I was talking about that I'll send you is called Flight 666. It's a uh, tour-based documentary, right? Yeah. They made 666 copies of this book, and they gave him the 666th copy. Really? Yeah. I found out which one, uh, who who the documentary was on. Who? Quite right. 
<laughs> Quiet Riot. That was a good documentary. So the guy that is losing his hair. His, his, the front man. Kevin Duber, he's dead now. So that was back Oh, no. Oh, he's been dead for a while. Yeah. What happened to him? I'm not sure. He died a long time ago. Really? Yeah. I'll tell you when he died. Let's see. Oh, no. Uh, he died November 19th, 2007 in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. He started losing his hair. God, that's got to suck. The thing is, man, that, the, the, that documentary was so... Like, all those documentaries are inspiring because a lot of these, they didn't have American Idol, dude. They just had to do these little tiny club shows <laughs> until someone started watching them. Yeah. And I'm like, You didn't have the you, internet? No. You just had to do these random three people in the audience shows. Right. And so that, that's why when people are like, oh, they're corny. I'm like, you know what? If you call a rock, rock group in the 80s corny, you're just not doing I mean, for them to get to where they were. They had to just be dedicated, having a job during the day, and then doing that bull crap at night, G. Yeah. Who does that? Right. Who does that? For not, especially like, uh, what's that? What's the group? Sister. Twisted Sister? Yeah, like how did they get popular? Like I would, in, in their time, I would have been like, what's up with dude frontman guy? I think that's exactly what got them on the map. Back then, if, I think it was all about how outrageous can we look. That was the whole glam you know, scene. Right. And, what, and you're talking about D. Snyder. And what's funny yes. about D. Snyder is he is not a glammy kind of guy. Like he's not, uh, let's take someone like Brett Michaels of Poison or even Vince Neil back in the day. They were kind of pretty boys. You know what I mean? They what about wear- Sebastian Bach? He seemed like the pretty boys, pretty Let's boy. take him too. I mean, these days they all look tore back. But back then, yeah, they were the, the front men, the good looking front men with the tight pants and the long hair and the makeup and everything like that. D. Snyder did that too. But he's like a whole, I don't know if he's tall or not, but he's, he he's looks a, like it. Yeah. I know this sounds mean, but for the purposes of what I'm trying to say, he's not an attractive man, you know? No. no. And, and so he's still very long that face. shit on. Yeah. Very long face. Uh, but I think that's what got them in the attention. Like, look at this crazy guy. Yeah. Cause I don't, I remember one hit. I think I remember one hit from them. I'm going to go. We're not going to take it. That's it. That's the hit I remember. But it was played on normal radio. That's why. Like you'd hear Kiss from Prince, and then all of a sudden you'd hear that. Like that was on a normal radio play. So that's the only reason I know their song. And then I saw them on MTV. I'm like, whoa, he looks interesting. Cool, cool. You know, it's it's for them to, but again, for them to have made it, they had to do these bullcrap club shows. All of them had to do bullcrap club shows. Nowadays, you can kind of do a band camp a SoundCloud and your just like recently yesterday Maj and I were having a like a three hour debate about who can do what and he was saying we do this thing every so often where we're like can this person sell out an arena before this person and yesterday he thought for a second that Post Malone could sell out before Beyonce and I was like no that's not true it can't um but we talked about I'm like I'm at an age now where someone that I don't know can fill Save Mart Center I don't know who Post Malone is, but he is able to pack Save Mart Center. That could not happen back in the day. You would accidentally know who the arena rockers were because they got so popular at the ground floor that they're huge now because everyone knows them. You just know them. Okay, I have to ask you a question. Yes. Sorry to take it's the same subject, but I'm going to take it into a slightly different direction. Yes. So you tell me you don't know who Post Malone is. Now, you say I- these things a lot. And I'm being completely serious when I say this. You say yeah. these things a lot. Is it because you refuse to acknowledge? Because it's everywhere. 
Do you know what I'm saying? I, that's what he said. He's like, do you remember the song in the Enter the Spider-Verse? I'm like, yeah, I remember that song. He's like, that was Post Malone. I was like, I still wouldn't have known that. I, <laughs> I would not have known that. You know what I'm saying? I did not know. I knew that he existed. But when you're just like, oh, Post Malone, you hear the name. But then you're like headlining St- Samars and you're like, what? Like, he's that guy? Yeah. That's crazy. Super popular. That's insane to me. Because... And maybe, like, again, that's what makes me know that I'm an older person is, like, people that I don't know can pack same. Like, Tyler, the creator, I get it. I know who he is. And I've heard his music. Totally get it. I'm in the know. Yeah. Post Malone, I was like, wait, what What are we talking about? He's packing Save Mart Center? That is crazy. That's where I'm at now. Whereas when I was younger, when someone was like, yeah, Bon Jovi is, is filling... Uh, well, I was in L.A. at the time. Uh, like, he's doing the convention center in L.A. Hey, Steve, I- Jovi's doing the Staples Center. You want to go? <laughs> <laughs> Get some fucking Pabst Blue Ribbon and chill in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, what I was like, yeah, I knew Bon Jovi, even though I didn't listen to John Bon Jovi. I knew Bon Jovi. I knew I didn't know who Quiet Riot is. I knew their songs, though. These people are popular without me because... Again, you know who Post Malone is. That says a lot. That says uh, a lot. No, I just have a 16-year-old daughter. That's soon like to be 16. No, but I think that having youth in the house definitely keeps me a little more hip to it. Because I will be honest with you, I'm at the point now. Like before, I used to be the guy that would be reading magazines constantly. Before the yes. internet was really big. Yes, And even so, once the internet kicked in, but I would be reading music magazines constantly. I wanted to be, like I made it a point to be the guy that knew everything there was to know about new music. I was that guy. And it's definitely slipped away. Now I just know what I like. You know what I mean? I like what I like. So if something new comes along, I'll I'll listen to it. But I find that I don't embrace it like I used to. It's weird. Like I don't think I'm... I'm very sure that I'll probably never have another like new favorite band. Like these are these guys are the new shit. Do you know what I mean? Like this is the thing that I have to tell the world about. There are bands that I like and I might, you know, hip somebody to it or something like that, but I don't have that fandom anymore. So me having youth in the house makes me aware of what's going on. And I and I just kind of, you know, like for instance, she was really in the 21 Pilots, and I took her to see 21 Pilots. So I know their music very well. But it's not something that I'm just shouting out to the on the hilltops hey you gotta listen to this you know do you understand what i'm saying like it's just a different type of familiarity i totally get like you don't you haven't gotten a coheed because coheed you were talking to everybody about right yeah but i mean i've been listening to them for shit 15 years something like that oh i did okay okay never mind yeah you haven't had a new so when's the last new person you were just like you got to get on this train that's a really good question i don't know i mean there's a lot of stuff that i like but it's not like I just dive into it. I think, yeah. It's I don't know what happened. I think I just have other shit to worry about now. And I don't well, have a lot of I time. I know f- you are busy, dude. I don't know. It's just really weird, dude. Like, honestly, like I wanted to go on Rock and Roll Jeopardy back when that was a thing. I wanted to. I knew that shit. And Holy somewhere cow. along the way, I just sort of lost my, I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I don't care for. There's a lot of music, a lot of pop music that I don't get, that other people get. And I'm just like, okay, cool. I'm not going to hate on you for it, but I don't get it. Taylor Swift, for instance. Yes, but I open, I open myself up to pop music because Ma, she's like, hey, you need to hear this person. And the, he cover the name so that I don't see the name and automatically do my thing. He'll put his hand over the name and be like, just listen to the song. And I listen, I'm like, that's dope. And he'll take the hand off. I'm like, oh, that's what he sings? That's really good. 
good. Like that got me into Denzel Curry. It got me into, you know, uh, he put me on to like Miguel. All these people are like, oh, they're really good. He's like, yeah, but you hear their names. You think new music and you automatically shut off. He's like, just let me show you a new artist today. And I've been hip to so many new people that I'm just like, these people are crazy good, you know? And so I've opened myself up to pop. Like, he let me listen to, um, um, oh, what's the song? Uh, what, 24 Karat Magic. Yeah, Bruno. Bruh. He's like, okay, listen to this one song. And I listened and I said, oh, Bruno Mars is dope. He's like, yeah. Just because he's popular and new, yeah. you should give him a shot. And I listened to him. I was like, oh, he's good. And honestly, to answer the question you asked me a little bit ago, I would say that he's like really up there. Now, again, I don't go listen to his music all the time. I do have all of his albums, right? But I don't listen to his music all the time. But I, I made he's a comment good, a while man. back about who is the next big thing? Who's the person that's going to lead it? I don't think he is that person, but he's pretty damn close. The only thing that I think works against him as far as being like a... Um, you know, like being in the forefront, like being the new leader of music, is that he has so many influences that his music. Yes, on. Do you know that what I'm saying? is totally true. That is, you can see who he listened yeah, to. This sounds like Prince. That sounds yeah. like Cameo. Whatever. That sounds like '90s R&B. They're yes. doing an exact, and then the Living Color video. I'm right. like, okay, that's what you're doing. And it then. doesn't mean that it's not good. No, no, but no, it's no. not a new sound. You know what? You just hit the nail on the head because I see him, and I'm just like. This kid is, he did, that's what I like on a table with just them doing a beatbox. Yeah. And they sung it on like Letterman or something. I said, oh my gosh, this kid is talented. Yeah. But when he's not going to do the thing where this is a brand, this is like Prince. This is a brand new thing we had never heard before. We have never heard before. Yeah. He hasn't done that. And but again, who has? We're in the period of time right now where everything's retro. So retro's coming back and it's it's yes. leaking into the new music. So we That's really haven't true. found that new hero yet. We haven't found the next Kurt Cobain. We haven't found no. the next Michael Jackson, Prince, whoever. It's no. coming. But there's a lot of influence that's going on right now. And speaking of that, you asked me like new music. Um, I was turned on to something recently. Now this band's like three years old. But for obvious reasons, I wanted you to hear this, okay? So a buddy of mine turned me on to a band called... You've heard of Primus, right? Hi, kids. Do you like Primus? Yeah. But you know who I'm talking about when I say Primus, right? Less I know that there's a group that that used to exist called Primus. Okay, so the singer and bass player of Primus is named Les Claypool. He's an amazing bass player. He's disgusting on the bass. Yes. I've seen him do bass solo, like for like, uh, 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 you know, interviews with bass player people like at schools right he'll do like seminars he's really 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 good oh he's amazing yeah he's really and he knows the bass it's not like oh by ear he knows what he's doing right so my buddy turned me on to this band now i'd heard of them i've you know i'd seen something on the internet about him but i never took the time to listen to them okay yes les claypool joined up a while back like three four years ago with sean lennon and it's called the claypool lennon delirium I have a song queued up for you. And I'm dead serious. I want to know what you think about this, okay? Because the getting back to what we're talking about, the influence is there. This is a you know, fairly new band, but listen to the influence, okay? You ready? Hit it. I'm going to give you the short version of what the title is because it's a really long one. It's called Blood and Rockets, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Claypool, Lennon, Delirium, Steve. 
Listen to this. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Right? I won't play the whole thing. I won't play the whole thing. Oh this. my god. Listen, I'm going to change this up. Your dad wouldn't be John Lennon, would he? Let's get to this last part. You get the idea. We can go. Bruh, around. listen, listen. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think you just had the, like, literally, this is what I'm going to be listening to today. Oh, my God. I fell down a rabbit hole last night, dude. Yeah. They, that um, is so good. So this is what my buddy tells me, okay? And I know you're going to disagree with this, and I disagreed with this, okay? But he's not a Beatles fan. He likes the Beatles. He appreciates the mm-hmm. Beatles, but he's yes. not a huge fan. And he was like, yeah, man, you heard of the Claypool Lennon Delirium? I'm like, yeah, I read about it, but I really, and I knew exactly who he was talking about, but no, I haven't listened to it. He's like, dude, you got to listen to this shit. He's like, it's the fucking Beatles. It's the Beatles. And now this is the part I disagree with. He goes, some of it might be better than the Beatles. And I went, stop, stop, stop a second. And there's a reason that I say that. There may be, there very well may be some talent on there that exceeds the Beatles. For instance, the bass playing. I do think that Les Claypool is a far better bass player than than yes, Paul McCartney. But he, um, one of his influences is Paul McCartney, which makes sense. He, one of his top ever, yeah. And here's the thing: that song that we just heard right now would not exist without the Beatles. Exactly. And it's funny that I know so much about Les Claypool, not knowing that he was in Primus. I just yeah. happen to know him as a bass player, and he actually does some of the singing too. But I am kind of yeah. I can't pull the song up because I'm not sure. I'm not that familiar yet. But I just fell down this rabbit hole last night and I was watching all these Dude. different live performances. I'm kind of all in right now. So that since we're talking really about good. quote unquote new music, this is new music to me. And everyone, I kind of recommend, if you're into the Beatles, I recommend checking this out. You can thank me later. The Claypool Lennon Delirium. And the album that that just came off of is uh, South of Reality. It came out this year. There's another album called Monolith of Phobos 2016. I'm fully in, dude. And I think that I need to see this band very badly. Oh, for sure. I mean, the thing is, it's going to be now I'm adding it because I have a list of about 15 new people that I'm listening to now. And it's not. I mean, oh, you know what? You know who um, Maj hit me up to? Who? I don't listen to her music. But when I listen to her, you know, those people you listen to, you're like, oh, I can appreciate what she's doing. Yeah. She's totally different than anyone else. I don't. It's not what I'm listening to. But I'm like, she is. Totally talented. Bill, go ahead. Billie Eilish. Yep. I had a feeling. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, she, Amaj let me listen to her. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I get why she's huge. Yeah. She totally deserves everything she's getting. And she has these friends like the other guy I listened to, um, uh, Denzel Curry. They're like best friends. I'm like, oh, there's a crew of people that are like doing new things. That I love, dude. This girl's 17 years old, man. That's crazy. And she's an office fanatic, dude. So was Lord. She was also 17 when she came out. Yeah, what happened to her? 
She's still around. She just did a. Oh, she came really? off of it. Yeah, she came off of a tour. I think it was last year. She was touring and Run the Jewels was opening up for her. Oh my gosh! Really? Yeah. Man. So that means something, you know. See, no, yeah. there, there's this whole other wave of talent that's out there. That's what I'm saying. It's not that it doesn't exist. I'm just not familiar with it. I need people to yes. hit me to things now. They're they're there and um like recently. Uh, have you ever heard of a thing called um, Mass Appeals? I forgot what it's a video where they blindfold themselves, take out an album, and try to, and they have to take out random albums from a, a vinyl aisle and then they got to make a beat off of that album oh yeah of yeah, yeah yeah there was a, a lp did one of those yes he totally um i told you i bought a record player a while back right right and i told you i bought the sampler and all that stuff uh no but do tell dude it's impossible you have a sampler uh-huh dude i well logic has an input an inbred set that samples for you it'll do it when you push a button it chops it up for you Logic tries to, it overthinks you. So Logic, if you just like chop it, it'll chop it into, it finds the beat by itself and chops it on the beat. And so, mind you, that's not the way you do it, turns out. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you're not supposed to let Logic be like, oh, I'll just chop it for you. Um, what these guys are doing, not, and mind you, we've listened to sampling for how long? De La Soul, you know, all the Pete Rock, oh, Eric B and Rakim, we've listened to it forever. I just didn't know how hard it was. <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, oh, De La Soul. It's impossible, dude. Maj and I were sitting there like, how do they do this? How do they do this? Hey, man, real it, talk. Yeah. I would honestly love to come to your house and play with that shit. Let's have a ball. No, no, have a ball, seriously, dude. hear me out. We have completely different styles of music, right? Mm-hmm. You're the true musician between the two of us. What if we wrote a song? For a goof. That would be fun. I don't feel That'd like you're, I think you're like, eh. But I, I, honestly, I think that we could do it. Here's, here's my thing. I think you don't have, I don't think you talk about your musicianship enough. I haven't exercised my musicianship enough to talk about it lately. You know what really? I mean? Really? Yeah, I've just been on the sidelines. I don't play at home. I don't, I'm a drummer. I don't have a drum set anymore. But I have things in my head. And a lot of the times I'll be like, man, if I just had... <laughs> like if I had the talent to put this out there, you have the, that. But do you ever mess with Logic? Like literally actually sit there and try to make tunes? Dude, I'm still trying to learn how to edit on Logic for podcasts. No, I haven't. Bruh, I can't edit on Logic. And that's how I make, like literally you edit better than me. That doesn't t- stop me from making a song. You edit better than I do. Like I'm surprised you haven't just put your name on that. There's a, you know, there's a site. Oh, I haven't told you about that site, have I? I will talk offline. A musician friend that makes her makes a living doing this site actually contacted me about it. Hmm. Um, it's a site where it's only for musicians and you put out your how much you charge for editing. Like editing a song and they'll right. send you an unedited song and you do it and you're like, here you go. And they send you the money. Done. But it's strictly for musicians. Um, so you not doing that is befuddling to me because it's easier than you editing the podcast. You don't have to insert anything. You literally just chop it up, put the verses together, make sure they blend and send them back their stuff. No, I'm like, Dan is a gifted editor and he never did it. Oh, I rarely insert things for the word. That's a different story. Or that's what like, I'm saying. Or like when we did uh, the noisies, that's a different story. And a song would take 
half the time. You work harder on the word than you would for a song that would pay $250. Okay, I'm in the wrong business. Um, no, because that would also make, it might for you, make you start hating music. Because you hear it so much. You'll be like, ugh. I almost did a stupid, stupid thing. And now, me telling you this, you'll know exactly why it's a stupid thing for me to do. Okay. Okay. But I almost put it out there. I follow a bunch of different podcast groups and whatnot. And I just wanted to see what I could do with someone else's material. And I almost put it out there. Like, hey, let me edit one of your episodes just to see what happens. But that's just more work. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I would love to. Dude. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm not pinpointing any particular show, but there have been times where it's like, ooh, that was choppy or, ooh, you could have used an edit there. I know not everyone's into that kind of thing, but that's what I hear. Like my brain's always working on that, like editing thing. But anyway, yeah, I wanted to try and uh, do that. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe one day, but that's just too much work right now. I love editing, but it consumes me is the problem. I think for you right now, there's a show that's taking up a lot of your time. But if that show wasn't there... Doing a quick editing job for $200 would be nothing for you. Jay. No. It would be because you're so fat. I, people, I've seen Dan open Logic and try to show me how he posts podcasts and stuff. I'm like, oh, he's, a engin- he's an engineer. You're like in there doing stuff very fast. It's pretty incredible, dude. You don't give yourself the props. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm getting no, better. No, seriously. No, I, I thank you. I mean, I definitely try to get better with each time I do it, but- the F word has been screamed so much in this house from the learning curve of logic. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's just, it's a mess, dude. Because I'm not trying to do anything crazy. I just want to take out certain things that don't need to be there. Long pauses. Uh, yes. Door, doorbell knocks. My dog barking. That kind of shit, you know? But with the word, it's a whole other thing. That's the only reason I thought back in the day, I was like, I bet you he's just going to get logic certified so these things don't happen. Or he's just like, I'm so fast now. I really need I don't to even, do that. I don't even think, but I mean, but it's, dude, it's three days. It's three days in L.A., uh, so it's like that takes a thing out of your life. I learn new stuff every week off of YouTube. See, there it is. And I guarantee if you did eight hours a day, three days, the person certain you're going to be like, I just learned how to do everything I do yeah. in like seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> because logic tries to think. But anyway, um, let me go back to the to the um, Sean Lennon or the what is it called? The Claypool Lennon Delirium. What I like about what you showed me is it doesn't sound digital. It is digital, no question, because they've uploaded it. But it sounds like, oh. Like they recorded analog? Yes, they recorded all analog, and you hear the reverb. It's not right into the computer. I'm like, oh, it sounds like they've just used mics and mic'd the amps and all this kind of stuff and didn't do direct in. That is a, I'm like, oh, they're trying to do what they used to, like they that his dad did. And it's not a. If anyone's going to sound like John, it's going to be Sean. He freaking sounds like John Lennon. It's pretty strange, dude. He even does his vocal inflections. Like, he doubles. Mm-hmm. He doubles his vocal. I'm like, oh, he's... And the thing is, he's unabashed. He's like, yeah, this is my dad. I was around it all the time. I'm going to sound like him. Yeah. That's life. It's a weird place to be because it's like, you clearly sound like the Beatles. You clearly sound like your father. But you're doing original material. That sounds like... Older yeah. material. And more yeah. than likely, you're playing with musicians that are completely inspired by your father. Totally, and, and dude. It's just this weird place to be because you can't... Okay. Um, okay, there's a band called Wolf Mother. A lot of people compared them to like trying to sound like Led Zeppelin, and they were sort of shunned because of it, right? Yes. I don't think that's the same situation when you're family. In other words, 
Sean Lennon playing John Lennon sounding music. Oh, no, 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 no. Not at all. You get a pass. Yes. Like, Jocko Pistorius' son plays like Jocko. No one's going to be like, oh, how dare... Yeah, he's my dad. So I do play... Especially since John uh, Sean was around when the Beatles were around. He wasn't like, oh, he got born in 84. And didn't even... No, he was around it. Right. Look at Hey Jude. It was about him. <laughs> Beautiful boy. Oh, that song is a heartbreak. Anyway, um... These things happened when he was around, so I totally get why he sounds like him. Mind you, okay, I'm biased because I think the Beatles are the most important band in the history of mankind, in my opinion. I think they did things that people are going to be doing forever, and they will never, ever be topped. Ever. The only person that comes close is Earth, Wind & Fire. But no one's ever going to do what the Beatles didn't have the guts to do what they did. But the fact that they're like, we're not going to reinvent the wheel. Sean Lennon is not trying to... Well, from what I've heard, he's not trying to reinvent the wheel. He's just like, yeah... They did it great. We sound kind of like them. Such yeah. is life. Yeah, and when you listen, <laughs> this is what it is. Like I said, I don't. I'm not. Uh, I'm not versed well enough yet because I literally just started listening to them. You know, but uh, I can tell you that not every song sounds like a complete Beatles song. But they, but you hear it all the way through the entire time, and it's just the way Sean Lennon sings. But there is some ridiculous bass in these albums. Too. I can't wait to hear that. Oh and my you know God. who else I hear is uh, George Harrison. Yeah, I could get that. I hear some George Harrison in there, too, because a lot of, like, when I started listening to George Harrison, I realized that the Beatles took a lot, there's a lot of Beatles stuff that is very, very George, but you just didn't know it. He brought that to the Beatles. We just didn't know it. Right. You know, all of that, like, when he brought the sitar to the Beatles, that's a game changer. A lot of their songs changed then. Like, ooh, it has that Middle Eastern thing now. Like, yeah, that was George Harrison. His world music. It's got that LSD influence. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> and so uh, I hear that in John and Sean and the little people. What was the name of the song, if you don't mind repeating it? Oh, my God. It's so long. Hold on a second. Okay, I'm going to read it to you as it's playing because it's a long title. Okay. Blood and Rockets, Movement 1, Saga of Jack Parsons, slash Movement 2. Got it. Uh, to the Moon. Got it. Perfect. And the album is called South of Reality. Yeah, the album's called South of Reality. Got it. Check that out, people. What a good freaking song that was, the little piece that we we listened to. I wish I could steer people in the right direction, like listen to this first, but it's brand new to me, so I don't know. So let's learn together. Let's let's get turned on. Now, maybe there's some listeners out there that have already like, yeah, Dan, we know. Let's talk about it. Well, Tell me what to listen yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, I, you know, I think we do have people in the um, Heroes of Noise community that will definitely, I almost know who they're going to be. I'm not going to say it, though. I will. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking it. it's going to be, I think Curtis probably knows. I'm thinking that Jonathan probably knows. And Shanks, for sure. Shanks? Yeah, I think Shanks probably knows. He's actually pretty versed in everything. I mean, he... We have different tastes in music and stuff like that, but just I see what he posts and stuff, and he's kind of all over. That's that's good. I really think that's a great thing to be that versatile with music. You know, Bucks might because it's less Claypool. Yeah, Bucks is going to be like, yeah, come on, this is freaking Beatles. I know he's going to be like, come on. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you what happened. So yesterday, Melissa and I were at Yosemite, and at Yosemite, you you hear a bunch of different accents because everyone's from everywhere, right? Right. And so I, this person walked by and she was talking in a British accent, right? 
And then she walks by and I we lean in and I'm just like, come on, go over there, come on. And then Melissa was like, I know, right? Come on here. We're going to take some tea and crumpets. I'm like, Melissa, she's right. That she's like, oh, you're right. I mean, she's like, she's like walking up to her and like leaning in. Hello, I said, Melissa, she's like, I know you can't take me in here. She's like, come on. I know. I'm going from England then. I was like, oh, my. She's in the parking That's lot. It's a jolly old day with Mary. <laughs> I was like, that's an inside joke, babe. She's like, yeah, I know. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, that's hilarious. I was like, she's right there. Dog. But yeah, um, I think I'm going to, you know what? Here's what I, I got to apologize for Dan, everybody. To, oh, apologize to Dan. Oh, thanks. I was like, what'd I do? No. So um, Dan sent me three clips this morning, or was it last night? Oh, I saw it this morning. And I was like, oh, I'm going to definitely get onto this. In a way, I'm glad I didn't listen to it because it would have changed my reaction. It would have been from, oh, my God, listen, oh, wow, to uh, it would have been like, a, um, yeah, you guys got to hear this. Really good, really good. I, the shock would have been over. I'm still in shock because I genuinely didn't think it was going to be good. I thought it was like, going to be like, uh, here we go. It's going to be Sean Lennon trying to do his thing. Bruh. That little switch is like, oh, that's a Beatles thing right there. Oh, my God. I'm glad you feel that way because I was a little apprehensive about it because there have been these times before where I've been like, hey, check this out. And you'll just be like, nah, it's cool. Not nothing for me. I really thought you were going to bat this away. Oh, no, this is fan. And, and I'm also mad because when you and Q were talking about, you know, doing your little hard rock talk. There were like four songs that you started. I'm like, oh my God, that's a great song. And I just didn't write them down. Rage Against the Machine. Oh my gosh. There was like three songs. I'm like, great. And you started rambling these different people on. And I'm like, oh, I like that. Oh my. And I just didn't write it. I was like, I would have probably gone down a rabbit hole with like three of the groups you guys are talking about. I just didn't have time to write them down. Yeah, but you could go back and listen. But I don't know the timestamp. God forbid you listen to a whole podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> but what was the what do you remember at all what the Chef re- Steve like- Hudson, he makes the best cakes in the world. <laughs> he just doesn't know what they taste like. Hey, but here's the Okay, can you tell me a Rage Against the Machine song to start with? Cuz I think I'm going to like them. I'm trying to think of the one that Off, No, played. just for you, you. Uh Okay, like I really like their first album, right? Good. Because okay. it's angry as shit, but it's a little repetitive sometimes when it comes to the chorus of things. Like the song that I think you should listen to would be Killing in the Name of. Okay, done. But it spends like the last, you'll understand, I'm not even going to tell you what he says, but at the very end of that song, he says something over and over and over again. Don't listen at work. But it's just, it's like, okay, I get it. A little bit, a little repetitive. But I never said that back when I was listening to them. It's just as I've gotten older, it's like, okay, we get it. But okay. uh, I would say I would say listen to their very first album, their self-titled album. It's if you're looking for it on Apple Music, it's going to be the one with the monk that's on fire. Okay, done. I'll listen to that tonight. Oh, I got another one for you. I got another one for you because I think you'll appreciate the uh, pedal effect. Listen to Bulls on Parade. It's off their second album. Done. I'll send okay. it to you. Why don't you think they reached that arena level oh, they for the rest of their? I'm saying for the rest of the, now they go on tour as like it's him and uh, Public Enemy, and they're big. Who in Public Enemy? They don't. They don't uh, Rage Against. 
Rage Against Machine and Public Enemy? Nah, Rage Against Machine's been gone for like 20 years, dude. Well, then who's the front guy? Zach De La Rocha. Who and am he I just, uh, I think he put out an album called, uh, oh God, what was it called? Something Lion, We Used to Be Lions or something like that. And I know he's done some work with Run the Jewels, but he's kind of just floating around now. Oh, it's, you know what? I'm tripping. Prophets of Rage. Prophets of Rage is Rage Against the Machine with, uh, with Chuck D and Yeah, Public Enemy. Real. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 And I was like, oh, because it started with just him and Public Enemy. And I was like, I oh, you said, yeah, I think because you said him, I just immediately thought of Zach De La Rocha. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just like, OK, so apparently uh, they're good enough for Public Enemy to be like, hey, that Rage Against Machine group is dope. I'm like, OK, well, I need to get into them. But I never had a chance to. So hearing it from you, because getting a Chuck D cosign for me was like, oh, I got to check out this group. then. Yeah, I don't know, man. This sounds like this probably sounds a little <laughs> cynical. Yeah. But to me, it seems like that was a let's make some money group. Oh. Let's take Rage Against the Machine, the musicians, and let's put it like it's a, it's a super group. Every time you do super groups, it's usually about it's okay. It's either going to be an ego thing or it's about making money. In this case, I think it's about making money. When they play live, they play a lot. They ruin a lot of Rage Against the Machine songs. Ooh, I did not know that. Well, I mean, they're just playing Rage Against the Machine, but you have Chuck D doing it now, and it just doesn't sound right. It's a completely different vibe. And then they have a bunch of mediocre songs. I think they did do one album. But that's just my opinion, of course. Oh, I'm going to check. I, oh, then I'm not going to even waste my time. No, nah, I wouldn't. I would definitely. If you're going to dive into something like that, dive into Rage Against the Machine. Who's Tom Morello then? He's a guitar player. Oh, he's not the lead singer of Rage Against the Machine. No, Tom Morello is a guitar player. And he's an awesome guitar player, dude. He does some super innovative shit. Things that you haven't heard before. Really? And, and where happened to uh, Zach De La Rocha? That's what I'm saying. I think he's just kind of floating around doing side gigs here and there i don't know if he has I, to be honest with you i'm not really into him that much to even pay attention to this kind oh of i did not know that no no it's, it's not like, like no 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 it's i do but i like rage against the machine to go follow zach de la rocha is like not something i'm really into okay <laughs> i did not know that. no i mean I, there's no drama to it there's no no drama. i know but i know that you you do follow like you followed um um uh you wanted out what's that guy's name Mike Patton. Yeah, you followed him away. So I'm like, maybe he follows lead singers away. Well, Mike Patton does like 9 million different types of styles where okay. Zach De La Rocha okay. does that one thing. Which you liked. Yeah, in the 90s. It was rap metal. Oh, so I'm not, I might not like him now then, right? No, I think you will. I don't know if you're angry enough to really appreciate it, but. Oh, I'm pissed nowadays. <laughs> As a musician, I think that if you listen to Rage Against the Machine, being that you haven't heard him before and you're like, eh then I don't think you're truly listening. I think you're just getting that loud sound, off, you know what I mean, like on the surface, but you're yes. not diving into it. But back okay. then, they were a very, you know, they, they were an influential band. Now it's just okay. like, oh, it sounds like 90s music. Okay, so I'm going to, because I try, I was trying to get into a few groups this last week. Um, Rage Against Machine didn't even, I didn't even think about that, but I tried to, you know, check out um, Green Day, and they're good. I could see why people like them, but I knew that it wasn't going to be like a thing that I just did. I was like, okay, I get it, but it's not going to be a thing I do, which is fine. Are you on a 90s kick right now? Uh, no, I was listening to Green Day just because I'm like, you know what? People liked them and they're just not, when I think about Green Day, I think about Dookie. And I'm like, eh, it was fine. It was fine. But everyone, everyone was, ta everyone was doing that thing. I was like, okay, I get it. 
And then I remember American Idiot. I was like, it was good. I was like, you know what? Let me keep on listening to them. I think that's their best album. It was fine for me. Did you hear the whole thing? Uh, no, I listened to about four songs. Yeah, you got, it's, it's, a, it's a concept album. So you kind of have to rock it all the way through to get the full gist of it. I mean, at least yeah. that's what I think. But I would say give that one another listen. I'm a peep it. I, I don't think that there's been so far people that you've. Okay, there's two. There's two. I would put two categories that people have heard a million times. As a whole group, songs, everything. You, the best thing you've cl- cl- uh, hooked me onto is ob- we already know what that is. Um, the musicianship wise, Coheed is the best thing you've you've hooked me into. Musicianship though, where I'm just like, oh, those are musicians. You know what I'm saying? I can right. hear the musicians. Right. Uh, Green Day didn't hit either one of those boxes for me. Neither I was like, the songs are okay and the musicianship is okay. Nobody's a superstar musician or a superstar, like, crazy songwriter. Yeah, I mean, for me to say this sounds a little absurd, but, like, when you're referring to Dookie, that album got insanely popular off of the right three chords. You know what I mean? Wow. No, no, no. I don't think I'm taking away anything from it. I'm no, you're not. That is no, but I said that's profound. Chord. Yeah, that is a yeah. three-chord album. And, of course, Billy Joe Armstrong has, a, well, for that, had a great voice. You know, the lyric, it was just, a, it was like a perfect storm when they came out. But their musicianship stepped up big time when it comes to American Idiot. You can totally hear it. I, I believe that they're good. It's just not something where I listened to. I said, regardless of what I think about this group, these are musicians. That was, a, yeah, so you gave me two categories of people that I'm just like, well, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with both of the groups you sent me. I was like, yep. One of them is just all around, not only musicians, but their songs are insane. And the other ones are like, regardless of what I think about their songs, every single song is, you couldn't do this. <laughs> Let's talk in a week and see what you feel about the- I can't uh, wait, yeah. The uh, Lennon Claypool or Claypool. Oh or my gosh, dude. I know you're going to do That's a deep dive. That's not fair though. That's not fair. Why? It's almost like you send me a chocolate cake and I'm like, oh, this chocolate cake is amazing. Then you're like, yeah, compare this with this amazing peanut butter chocolate cake. I'm like, well, that's not fair because I like peanut butter and chocolate better. (laughs) So obviously off the jump, they have a neck up and now it's just so, yeah, from what I've heard, it's in my it's just it's in my fancy. It's just right in my fancy. You know what I'm saying? So it's not really fair. Gotcha. I'm probably going to like them way better than I have any business liking them. Because, I mean, everyone that comes into my house knows what the Beatles means to me. Right. You know, and so they sound, they don't, and my thing is, I think why I like it so much is they sound Beatle-ish, but I can also see is that they brought their thing to it. Right. That's a huge, and it's a difference between mockery and like for me, it's like it's the difference between you singing like Stevie Wonder and you you listen to Stevie Wonder so much that you sing resembling him because you listen to him for your whole life. They resemble the sound that that kid grew up with. What are you gonna do, dude? I'm impressed, Dan. I mean, your influences go directly into your music when you're playing exactly. it, so it makes all the sense in the world. Exactly, and that's why, like, when we, what we were talking about earlier, where it's just like no one's breaking the mold, like Prince. He went back and took some things from Sly and the Family Stone from Bootsy, but somehow he created a brand new, new thing. And like you said, there's no one doing that right now except for these new kids. Like Billie Eilish, she kind of has a Lord thing going on, I guess, but she's very much her. All these kids are very much themselves, but no one is breaking it to the point of, oh my gosh, this is Michael Prince, you know, no. 
It's coming. And Mark my words, it's coming. I don't think it is, dude. It has to. Somebody's going to come and save the world of rock and roll very soon. It goes in uh, cycles. I know, but we had, okay, when Elvis died, we never thought we were going to get another Elvis. We didn't get another Elvis, one person, until Michael Jackson. That was years. Well, no, it wasn't. It was like seven years. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it wasn't so, that long, yeah. I don't really know who is the champion of, of music right now. I mean, is it Dave Grohl? No. Not everyone likes the Foo Fighters, but he is one of the last hard rockers. You know what I mean? Like oh, rock no and roll question. guy. No Good time question. guy. Um, yes, he's the, he's just not the... I'm talking about the... He's an are icon. We gonna, yes. Are we going to get someone like an Elvis or a Michael that actually has, as you know, people fainting? And it was, a, it was a level of starting we haven't seen. And the reason I don't think we're going to get that is because we actually have... We can actually touch the artists we like now with Twitter. Before, the artists seemed like myths and legends yeah. and not real people. Now totally you can tweet them. Yeah, so they're not as mythical as they used to be. Elvis was a myth to a lot of people until the women saw them wa him walk on stage. They're like, oh, he's real. Michael would pop up out of the stage and a whole sea of people would be like, is that a, he's real. He's like an actual person. Now we're like, yeah, he tweets me back sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, I know that's a re I know that's a real yeah, person. Yeah, he liked my he tweet. Exactly. So that's not the myth that it once was. That's why we're not going to get it. We are in touch with our our heroes now, and it doesn't make them a legend. Which is why, in my opinion, I don't think we're going to get a rock group like the Foo Fighters because Dave Grohl bought brought so much into the Foo Fighters. He was part of a legendary band. That made another legend. We're not going to do that. Well, here's the situation, dude. It's going to happen. But if you're comparing the Foo Fighters, like let's take the Foo Fighters, for instance, yes. right? Yes. They've reached this over the course of like 22 years. Exactly. 22 years from now, we're not going to give a shit. Of the Foo Fighters? No, I'm saying you and I, 22 years from now, are not going to give a shit about who the next. Don't get me wrong. We'll always appreciate music. But I don't personally think that we're going to be that tapped into pop culture, particularly that. Oh, type. no, no, you know, no. Do you know what I'm saying? No, like, totally. we're just going to be have different values 22 totally. years from now. Shit. One of us might be dead. It's probably going to be me. Oh, will you stop it? Well, you I don't know. It. I'm going half dumb. So maybe that's true. Could be you. All right, man. Uh, I, I really I love our music episodes. I'm, 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 I suck that way because I could talk about music all, all the time. But we have actually watched things that we're going to talk about next week. We just wanted to kind of touch bases with our wonderful, awesome listeners um, I have well, from Steven all the way. I'm not going to even try to do that accent. Not going to do it. <laughs> I'm I was almost there. I can't. I was it. a, you can no, try I a little bit. I really a little bit. Nope. You, if you do, I, okay. You try and then I'll try. Okay. Crikey. That's weak. You might as Crikey. well just said shrimp on the Barbie. Okay. Oh dude. I was literally about to say I that. Know um, you were. Uh, how about, um, going down to the outback? Oh, that was good. Going down for some steak and eggs, yeah? I don't we're, know. <laughs> we're not bad. We're not bad. We're not bad. We're still waiting we're on your good, walking. But um, we're not bad. So, uh, Steven told us to check out Undone. I watched two episodes. We're going to talk about it when we uh, finish. But so far, here's what I've getting from, gotten from t uh, Undone. I don't work nearly hard enough. Because if they ask me to color a page of something, I'm going to be like, oh my God, a whole page. <laughs> I have to color this whole page. <laughs> Let alone moment by moment coloring. Oh my God. 
I can tell oh, you yeah. from what I've seen so far that I'm liking it, but I don't have enough background on it yet to really voice my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not yeah, ready to voice I, yes, my opinion totally. just yet. But I, um, yes. I can tell you this. I did watch the screener for Creep Show, ladies and gentlemen. That's Damn. good shit, dude. Damn. Um, I can do tell you, have, you that I'm happy so far. Can you? Uh, anyway, um, you got to tell. You don't have to tell me how you do these screener things. Because there's another friend we have that has a screener for Creep Show, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what's going on with these screener cats?" Dude, let me tell you what Creep Show. Yes, it's right on point, man. It's like uh, oh! it's got the same feel. The two Come stories on. that I've seen are both great. They're not um, like I don't want to always look at everything as, "Oh, this is a game changer." This is a game changer because sometimes things are just good for what they are. You know what I mean? But what yeah. I've seen so far. Very much into it, man. The only complaint I have, and it's a small one, is that they're, I don't know what he's called, but their mascot, the skeleton dude with the robe on, you know what I'm yes. talking about? Crypt Keeper. Weak. No, that's Nope, Crypt that's Keeper. Tales of the Crypt. Crypt. That's Tales of the Crypt. Yeah. I'm tripping, yeah. Right. Tales from the Crypt. Whatever this guy's name is, he's weak looking compared to the 80s version. It looks like they ran out of money. Like they spent all the money on the good stuff, and they just said, "You know what? Our mascot's just gonna suck." He looks. What terrible. about the voice though? The one he's like, "Hello." He didn't do that, did he? No, that's again Crypt Keeper. No, the the um the actual old man in uh, Creep Show also has that voice. Where they remember there's a cartoon. He turns into a cartoon and he talks. I remember it, but I don't. But this one, I think, laughs a little bit. Like he was just my, he was the worst part of it. But the okay, stories are good. So I can't wait for you to see that. We'll talk about that more next week. Also, I'm going to be watching Rambo this weekend. And by the time that we meet again, what else? Oh, and I'll probably see Hustlers too. Maybe it. I'm not sure. I'm not hearing great things about it. Yeah, I would wait for it. I saw it. I'd wait. Yeah, I think it's going to be Hustlers for sure. And it's going to be Rambo. So that's what I'm talking about next week. I'm going to be watching um, Creepshow. Yeah, I'll get you the hook That's the goal. Yeah, and also... Uh, if anybody has not seen the first two creep shows, I beg you to either watch. Okay, watch uh, the Hitchhiker one. That's a great one. You don't even have to watch the whole movie. I would recommend you watching the whole movie. But if you're gonna watch any scenes from it, watch the one with Ted Danson and Leslie Nielsen. Watch the Hitchhiker one, and please watch the crate, the one with the monster in the crate. That's all. Watch those three, and you will be fine. You didn't like Meteor shit with Stephen King. It was good. The thing is, I love Creep Show, but if I had to, some people don't have the time to watch both whole movies. So I would just be like, okay, just watch those three. I loved every single thing about Creep Show. I love it is for me. It's a perfect horror anthology, perfection. And so, I mean, they have a lot to live up to. I'll be honest with you, man. I really think that it holds up. Just from what oh, I've seen. Doesn't mean they can't take a nosedive later on in the season, but so far we're doing very well. I mean, it's Halloween, work. dude. Once we start getting to this point, everything Holy gets cow. that much better, you know? And it's a Halloween Horror Nights thing. Yes. Creep show. That's oh! right. I forgot. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's going to be great. That's why I think we have to watch it because I think some of it's going to refer to one of the some of the episodes. When is it dropping? Does it say like debuts? Parentheses, mind your own business. It debuts late September. I don't have the actual <laughs> okay. date, but it's late September. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Just um, mind your business. Yeah, yeah, mind your business, exactly. But yeah, we'll be talking about a lot more next week, guys. Again, Lou Show, thank you so much for your patience. The yes. word is almost done, and we sh- we assure you we're going to bring it soon. 
Totally. And for, so this is the last you're going to hear from me. I love you guys. Can't wait. I feel so good every time I do the show. I feel good when we do the other show too, but I feel fantastic when I do the show. I cannot wait to do it. Always feels great. Next voice you're going to hear is from the man, the myth, the legend, the man who's going to conquer Half Dome with his back okay, even though we're going to have to call the helicopter to come in and rescue him. And the man, Dan Ramirez. Yeah, I guess that's it for me too, ladies and gentlemen. But I do have one thing to say. Now, for you folks that aren't on the Heroes of Noise podcast group just yet on Facebook, that's okay. But I'm going to make the pot a little bit sweeter now. We talk about Preacher all the time. We talk about it a lot, actually. We have a podcast dedicated to it. Guess what we're going to do? Thanks to our good friend, Melissa. Coming in the, I think it's going to be like mid-October, we're actually going to start a reader's group for the book Preacher. So if you'd like to be into that, maybe you've heard about it and you want to read about it and you want people to discuss it with, this is the time to do that. So join up. Heroes of Noise podcast community on Facebook. We'd love to have you. Thanks, Melissa, for a fantastic idea. And I know people are chomping at the bit to get to that. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen... I'm going to give you a really quick scaled down version of the contact information. If you want to get a hold of the show, hit us up at heroes of noise podcast at gmail.com. You can go to www.heroesofnoise.com. There you can find our Twitter. You can find Facebook. You can find our other podcast, the word, the unofficial preacher podcast, voicemail. You can buy t-shirts. You can donate. You can check out other podcasts. That's what it's for. Highly recommend you check that out. With that, we're out. My name is Dan Ramirez. That guy over there, is Steve Hudson people be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace. Peace.